You know, one of the challenges we humans face is the need to know things, even the unknowable. You know, this has plagued our uh, human existence from the very beginning, right? Uh, Adam and Eve had it all, didn't they? they? They were living in paradise. They had everything they could ever want. And God said, the only thing you can't do is eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And they couldn't do it. You know, the way God works in the world is a mystery, and it seems that God's okay with us not being able to know everything. Yet we spend so much time and energy trying to know what God wants from the world. We are still like Adam and Eve, and we're trying to eat from that tree of knowledge rather than living faithful lives. One of the ways uh, we humans have tried to make sense of the mystery of God, so not, not all of it's bad, I don't want you to hear me say that, but, but the concept of the Trinity is our human way of making sense of this mystery of how God works in the world. And the Trinity gives us this framework to help us live for God without having to know how things are gonna turn out. Theologians of the church would come up with this doctrine of Trinity long after Paul wrote these words in the book of Romans. Paul was not writing these as a theologian trying to explain how God works in the world. Paul was writing this as a pastor encouraging the people of Rome, how to be and live life together. You see, Paul in Romans is dealing with the problem of Jews and Greeks living in partnership with each other, living life together, eating at the same table together. You see, Jews and Greeks were very different. They spent years, if not millennia, hating each other, being suspicious of one another, having the governmental powers pit them against each other. They were probably a lot like we are today. We try to find places and spaces with people who think and act just like us. Yet Paul, tries to bind these groups together. And Paul describes the nature of God which would mysteriously unite people from these different ways of life. We, we would later call that the Trinity and the understanding of this Trinitarian God. There are three different ways of looking at how God works in the world. And these three ways can help people have a deeper understanding of what it means to be interconnected to each other. It gives us a framework to help us live for God without having to know how everything's gonna work out. This is tough for us because our condition is to want to know what's gonna happen before we embark on something, but we can't do that because God 
is a mystery. Today we, we celebrated the, the, the sacrament of baptism, and as parents, uh, Taylor and Maddie, they, they don't know everything that Banks is going to go through in his life, yet we come to the altar and give the mysterious grace of baptism that we don't have to know what's going to happen, but we do believe that God is in the midst of it. You know, a couple weeks ago, we took 35 people to Costa Rica, most of them high schoolers, on a mission trip with our mission partners from Costa Rica Mission Projects. Uh, And of course, it's been two years since we've gone, and, and the missionary there, Will Bailey, was telling me that over half of his teens this summer have already canceled because the United States had that ban in place of you had to test negative to come back into the country. Uh, I wish you could have seen the group me from our team after they lifted it a couple days ago. We had fun, fun with that. But we ultimately decided to go, and I'm not giving any judgment to the teens who have canceled because that's a hard decision. We almost did the same thing. But we ultimately decided to go because we thought it was important to be back in partnership with our missionaries. And we knew we didn't have to have it all figured out. We knew that we could trust Jesus. Not trust Jesus that we would all test negative and come back. That would be a little naive. But trust Jesus that if something did happen, that God was in the midst of it and it would work out. We can draw similarities with the Greeks and the Jews in the book of Romans. Our society seems to be coming more pluralistic with each and every year that goes by. We have people from different backgrounds who are working together and living in neighborhoods together. In our own church, we have so many different ways of thinking about God. Our natural reaction is to run together with just the people who think just like us, because when we do that, the outcomes are a little bit more predictable. One of the things that I love about our United Methodist Church is over its history, it's been a place where you don't have to know all the answers. And that leaves space for people who think a whole lot of different kinds of things, doesn't it? My biggest fear with what's going on in our denomination is that we will follow the culture which crushes people who doesn't think like them rather than following God that brings people together. That was not an emotional pause. (laughs) That was allergies. The Trinity gives us a framework. If it's gonna happen, it's all gonna happen today. (laughs) I had a pastor friend named Don Cross who would say, pray for me, Lord. The Trinity gives us a framework to help us live for God without having to know how everything is going to turn out. I don't claim to know everything there is to know. 
But I do know this. Transformation doesn't happen overnight. Becoming the person that God has created us to be takes change, and small changes over time, which add up to true transformation. In the church world, we call it sanctification. John Wesley would call it moving on to Christian perfection. He was a little bit intimidating, wasn't he? (laughs) I call it bridging the gap between who we actually are and who God has created us to be. If the Trinity is going to give us a framework to live for Jesus, not dependent on outcomes, and us not having to know what it's going to be, how can we actually bridge that gap? Well, Paul, in this letter, gives us a hint. Paul says, that our relationship with our creator comes through our our trust in Jesus. And our trust in Jesus gives us hope that we don't have to have it all figured out because the Holy Spirit is with us. But then he takes it a step further. If you look at verse three, it says, but not only that, we even take pride in our problems because we know that trouble produces endurance. Endurance produces character and character produces hope. The common English Bible uses pride. You may have heard this differently, that we boast in our sufferings. What Paul is saying is that when we have trials, we rejoice because it makes us stronger. You know, our modern culture has kind of walked away from the idea that hard times makes us grow. It's a symptom of our desire to surround ourselves with just the same kinds of people. Because when we surround ourselves with the same kinds of people, we can predict the outcomes and then the troubles just aren't so bad. And if we're going to bridge the gap and live for God without knowing how it's all going to work out, we have to embrace our challenges and build endurance, character, and live in the hope of the Holy Spirit. I want to give you just three quick things, I promise they'll be quick, of ways that we can bridge that gap. The first is practice gratitude. When we're in times of struggle, we need to look at the things that we can be thankful for. Research has proven with an abundance of data that people who list three things a day that they are thankful for live healthier and more abundant lives. I encourage you to bridge the gap this week and find a way to practice daily gratitude. The second is practice silence. We give our opinions way too much in our culture. In fact, we give our opinions about things that we really have no, know nothing about. I'm guilty of that myself. Let's practice silence. Silence and meditation can help us see a perspective that may be different. And the last thing, practice joy. 
Happiness is not a destination that we achieve when we get to a certain place. Happiness is a decision that we need to make each and every day when we wake up. God desires you to flourish. Have you ever thought about that? In the Garden of Eden, there were two trees. God said, do not eat the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. God didn't want us to know everything. God said, eat from what tree? The tree of life. There's an ancient Jewish literature called the Apocalypse of Moses. And in these writings, they talk about the life of Adam and Eve. Adam in these writings refers to it as the tree of mercy. We're still making the choices that Adam and Eve made where we choose knowledge and being right over mercy and being faithful. God desires us to flourish. And in that, we have to trust that we're not gonna know how everything works out. Let us pray. Oh God, we thank you for this day even through the hecticness that started our worship, we thank you for a space that we can come and breathe and know that you are with us. In Jesus' name, amen.